Hello everyone, Naomi with The Word Count back again. Last week, we did a book review of the book of Atrix Wolf by Patricia A. McKillop. This week, I'm going to address grammar checkers. I see posts on every social media forum, even blog articles from quote-unquote professionals about various grammar checkers and how they are all writers need to use to edit their piece before they self-publish. Uh, so I'm usually an advocate against grammar checkers as the sole source of editing, but I've been toying around with various systems and I figured that I would share some of my findings with you guys. So today, I'm going to review the Hemingway app. Remember, not all grammar checkers are created equal. This app, for example, focuses on clarity and simplicity. It looks for passive voice, um, which is the use of is, am, was, were, to be, to get, things like that. It also looks for sentences that it finds confusing, highlighting sentences that are, quote, hard to read in yellow, and sentences that are, quote, very hard to read in red. There's even a function that offers, quote, phrases that are simpler alternatives to the ones that were used. Uh, so I took the first paragraph from my work in progress, All the King's Men, well, the first paragraph of the second draft, and tossed it through the app. Um, so I'm going to read the original to you, explain some of the suggestions and changes that the Hemingway editor suggested, and go from there. Okay, so the first paragraph. After a long and brutal winter, the blood season had returned with a vengeance. An old hunting knife dangled from her left hip and a sword from her right. With her knees bent, she crept soundlessly through the trees, bow in hand. She stopped every so often to listen to the unthreatening sounds of forest life, but she would not be deceived. Without warning, she changed course and whistled a brief two-note slur to indicate to the knight that accompanied her that she was heading west. She didn't check to see if he followed. So the Hemingway editor gave uh, my readability for that paragraph a grade five, which is good. Um, so. The first thing that it highlighted was my use of adverbs, um, and it, that was in the sentence, with her head, sorry, with her knees bent, she crept soundlessly through the trees, bow in hand, soundlessly is the adverb in that sentence, um, and the app said, great, it's meeting the goal of two or fewer. Um, I didn't know if that meant the entire document or the paragraph or whatever, so I tossed the entire chapter into there after that, and uh, essentially, the Hemingway editor doesn't like adverbs, um, and I love them. Um, so again, you know, it's a stylistic choice. Um, then the next sentence after that, she stopped every so often to listen to the unthreatening sounds of forest life, but she would not be deceived, was highlighted in yellow as a sentence that is hard to read, and the be deceived was highlighted in green because it's the passive voice which again, the passive voice is not grammatically incorrect, it's just not a strong form of writing. And then the last sentence, the second to last sentence, sorry, without warning, she changed course and whistled a brief two-note slur to indicate to the knight that accompanied her that she was heading west, is highlighted in red and is said that it is very hard to read. So I took that feedback and rewrote the sentence. Now keep in mind that these are suggestions for the most part. So when you put your document through the Hemingway app, you don't have to take 
every suggestion. It's just ways that you can make your writing more concise, which may or may not conflict with your writing voice. It happens to conflict a little bit with mine. Anyhow, so I rewrote the paragraph. After a long and brutal winter, the blood season had returned with a vengeance. She crept through the, floor, the forest, clad in a sword, an old hunting knife, and her bow and arrows. She stopped every so often to listen to the sounds of forest life. Without warning, she changed course and whistled a brief two-note slur to indicate to the knight that accompanied her that she was heading west. She didn't check to see if he followed. So after rereading um, that paragraph, I actually really liked the second one better. Um, the fact that some of the sentences were a little bit clunky, I was able to cut it down and concise it a little bit. Um, but that being said, I did t keep that sentence that was very hard to read and left it as is because I like it. It happens to work with my voice. Um, the app also highlighted indicate in purple, which is um, phrases that have simpler alternatives. And it suggested that that word indicate was too complex and that I should replace it with say, state, or show, or omit it entirely, which... I just don't want to do. I, I To indicate sounds better to me and more sophisticated in the sense than to say. And of course, throughout the rest of my document, I don't use indicate every time they say said or told or something of that nature. But in this particular instance, I liked it and I thought to keep it. So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I did eventually end up putting the entire first chapter of my work in progress into the Hemingway app. Um, and as I'm sure you can kind of guess from that first paragraph, there was a lot of yellow and red highlighting, sentences that are hard to read and sentences that are very hard to read. Um, and I, of course, went through each and every one of them to see if perhaps they were too complicated. And for the most part, I did decide that it was just something that was specific to my writing voice. Um, I'm influenced heavily by uh, Jane Austen and Kate D. Camillo. And their sentences tend to be a little bit more, what I like to say, flowy. So they're not always as concise as perhaps the Hemingway editor would like. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that it's right. It just simply means that my sentences are not grammatically incorrect at the very core. Um, I put some of my other short stories and um, manuscripts into there as well. Um, similar quote-unquote issues. I had a lot of phrases that had simpler alternatives. Um, which is the one that aggravates me the most about the Hemingway app. Um, why would we want to, quote, dumb down our language is something that bothers me a little bit. Um, I can see a need for it depending on what type of audience you're looking to reach, but just for, you know, a general feedback, it just, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. I was really surprised when I saw that. I was like, why? Why are we saying, hey, don't use your vocabulary, use simpler vocabulary? I mean, again, some instances it is necessary, and in this one, I just don't think that it is. So I'm going to go through, or comb through, I should say, uh, the first chapter that I threw into this app again, um, and talk a little bit more about some of the changes that they suggest that I make. So... Um, there's this one sentence where the two protagonists return back to um, camp, not camping type of camp, but war, um, and they're tired, they're exhausted, they've been walking all day, they haven't eaten in three, 
Um, so the main character, Dion Abanchi, um, says that she sat down under an overhanging ledge to eat. Quote, the air smelled fresh, promising rain. Resigning to exhaustion, she scooped the cold meat and potato concoction into her mouth with her fingers. Hunger diminutively sated, she reached out her mind to her dragon. So the Hemingway app did highlight resigning to exhaustion. She scooped the cold meat and potato concoction into her mouth with her fingers as a sentence that's hard to read. I don't necessarily find it so, but I'll leave it as is for now and keep that in mind. Um, that they also highlighted diminutively because it's an adverb. Um, but it's one of those adverbs that I think is necessary to our understanding. Um, her hunger wasn't sated entirely. She's still hungry. Hence why I added diminutively, which means extremely or extraordinarily small. So her hunger was sated, but it wasn't sated enough. She just wasn't starving any longer, but she was still very hungry. Hence why I kept diminutively in the sentence. Um, again, as I already noted, um, I do have a lot of highlighted purple, that is phrases that have simpler alternatives. So the Hemingway app did not like the word feasible and suggested that I use the word workable. Uh, they did not like the word indication. They'd rather I use the word sign. Um, I used the word additional, which I didn't think was too complex of a phrase. Um, I used the word portion and it re to describe um, her food, and it says that I should use the word part instead. So this just kind of goes to show that even a grammar checker isn't 100% accurate or will be 100% effective for you. Um, it's just like taking criticism from other writers. You know, to a certain extent, you want to listen to what they say because these apps and the people that you have checking your work will represent your audience. So you do want to listen to some of the feedback that they give. But everybody's taste is a little different. You could very well, I could very well, I'm sorry, give this chapter to one of my co-workers and they could have said feasible mm, I love that word and I could have handed it to another one of my beta readers and they would have been like I don't really like the word feasible um, I feel like you should just say workable because nobody really wants to pick up a dictionary and have to look up the words that you use to enjoy the book so use your best judgment when you're getting feedback whether that is from your beta readers or from these grammar checkers I hesitate to add editors into that list because, again, that depends on what style of editing that you're getting. If they're checking for basic grammar, then no, you don't really have that much of a... Okay, I don't want to say that much of a choice because there are instances where authors use quote-unquote improper grammar and they do very well for themselves. Um, the, the thing is, the distinct difference is that if you're using grammatical errors in a consistent way where the reader can understand that that's just part of your voice, that's one thing. But when you have a document that's riddled with 37 different grammatical errors, it doesn't feel purposeful. It feels like you just didn't get an editor. So that's a fine line to tread and a fine line to remember. If you want to use that as part of your voice, you have to be consistent. You have to, have to, have to be consistent. So I digressed a little bit from the main point. We're talking about the Hemingway editor. Overall, I liked this app more than the others that I've been using um, because it doesn't necessarily 
say you're right or wrong. It doesn't try to make the changes for you. It just says, hey, these sentences might be a little bit confusing and these words might be uh, a little bit too complicated. And hey, you kind of use a lot of adverbs, you know, decide for yourself whether or not you need them in the sentence. And it really can help you make your writing more clear and more concise and more enjoyable for certain audiences. This app does have payment plans, um, but there is a free version of it as long as you use it on your desktop. Um, if you download the app, you have to use a payment plan. Um, so that's just something to kind of keep in mind. Um, out of all of the grammar checkers that I've used, I'd say this one is the top. If I was going to rate it at a, a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst and useless, and 10 being the best, you might as well not use an editor, I would rate it about a 6 or a 7 because it just gives you areas that you can look over it more in depth and make sure that everything is exactly as you like and is presented exactly as you want it to be. Um, whereas some of the other grammar checkers, as you'll see in future episodes, will just alter your text as you're putting it in there and you're like, hey, that's not what I meant at all. And a grammar checker is like, oh. So <laughs> if you're a writer and you have um, any app or grammar checker that you would like me to explore and provide my feedback on, you know, just drop a comment. If you like this video, uh, give us a like, subscribe to our channel, share us on Facebook or Twitter. Every little bit helps. For our listeners who are fantasy writers, be sure to go back to our website, thewordcount.com. Check out our creative writing blog because we've just interviewed Mark Anthony Tierno and he has dropped some serious knowledge on how he has created his fantasy worlds. I'll remind you that he's written over 30 books, not including the books that he has ghostwritten for the last 20 years. So he has a lot of knowledge to give us. That wraps up our Writing Rants episode today. Please join us next week for our next episode. Ciao, ciao for now.